Mindfulness Mode, Episode 7. And I encourage people to kind of go to their Zen place. Reach new heights of calm, focus, and happiness on Mindfulness Mode with me, your host, Bruce Langford. On Mindfulness Mode, we talk about how people from all walks of life have discovered mindfulness and how it's impacted their lives to help them become more calm, focused, and happy. Today, we're talking with Debbie Cundy Owen about how mindfulness helped her in her teaching career and more recently as a family coach and podcaster. Last time, we talked to Michael Neely about how mindfulness helped him in his acting career and more recently as a coach and podcaster. If you're listening today, I want to challenge you, Mindful Tribe. If you know anyone who is a teacher, teacher's assistant, a principal, or works in any aspect of education, please share this podcast with them today. Okay, Mindful Tribe, let's get started. It's a complete pleasure to introduce my guest today, Debbie Cundy-Owen. Debbie, are you in mindfulness mode? Absolutely, Bruce. Ready to go. Great. Debbie Cundy-Owen has spent two decades learning what makes people tick, especially kids. She's also studied personal motivation, school success, basic brain science, and techniques of communication that make the difference between success and confusion, both in your personal life and in your home. She's a family coach, a podcaster, and so much more. Debbie, tell us a little bit more about yourself. Expand the details for us, will you? Sure. Thanks so much for asking, Bruce. It's a pleasure to be here and be able to speak with you again. Um, my background is I spent many years as a public school library teacher, and I mostly at the high school level, but I also taught at elementary and middle school. So I worked with kids a lot. And uh, my husband and I have raised three children. They are now young adults, 19, 22, and 25. And um, they've turned out okay, so that's pretty good, right? For sure. That's <laughs> you know, great. Every, everybody deals with their issues along the way, and our kids were really terrific. But, you know, we had our share of issues as well, and they've turned out to be terrific young adults. And um, I really felt like when I was dealing with the kids in school that there were so many kids who were falling through the cracks and kids who um, were re- either or really stressed out, you know, the ones who were all gung-ho about taking 15 AP classes. And, and um, you know, so it was kind of one end of the extreme or the other. You know, the kids who were just wandering through their day, barely getting through, and kids falling through the cracks in the middle, and the overly stressed kids on the other end. So this was just this, this weird thing that I was observing. And I, I really wanted to help kids become more successful and be happier with themselves and find some purpose and meaning in their lives. And all the research research shows that the way to do that is for them to have a happy, healthy home life. So I started taking a number of certification courses in coaching and um, had, have now turned my experience as, a, as an educator in the school systems, as a parent, and as a certified coach into being a family and life coach. And um, a big part of what I do, as you mentioned, is um, I try to bring a little bit of brain science into what I do. I am not a scientist by any stretch of the imagination, but I, I think it's really important for parents to have some basic brain understanding and kids, too. And um, a, lot of, a lot of understanding how our brains work has led me to 
um, do some um, exploration with mindfulness. And so I, I guess that's why I'm here today, right? <laughs> and so interesting to hear because in some ways, what a similar pathway to my own because, right. of course, I was a teacher in a school as well and saw that lack of focus and the frustration that some of the children and parents experience. So really interesting to hear you describing that. Now, I think I remember you mentioning, mentioning AP courses. I'm wondering if you would explain that to those uh, of our listeners Listeners who are not in your area. What is that? AP level courses are advanced placement and they are supposedly college level courses that kids take at the high school level. Oh, and see. that can be pretty stressful if they try to put too many of those into their schedule. I see. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah, there, there certainly is a lot of competition to do well in school and certainly with testing and, and you know, entrance requirements for right. universities and colleges. That's for sure in our country as well as your own, I'm sure. Yep. Yep. Everyone has a life path that takes them in interesting directions. Debbie, tell us here at Mindful Tribe, what inspired you? What really, when you think back, what motivated you to begin the practice of mindfulness or, or something like it, which you do with your students and your children? Um, what inspired me, quite honestly, uh, was a little bit of a journey. I, I, as I mentioned, I was interested in finding out more about how the brain really works because I wanted to, I started out by wanting to understand that for my own teaching. And as I was doing some exploration online, I discovered actually John Asraf, who has some, um, brain retraining programs. And that was a, a new thing for me. So I ended up taking one of his brain retraining programs and, and, um, it, it's not mindfulness in and of itself, but um, he certainly talks about that. And a lot of the people who are kind of in that sphere, that realm, talk about mindfulness. And so I was just kind of exposed to um, the whole concept by being part of that um, that community online. Um, one of the people that he works with is uh, Mark Waldman, who's a neuroscientist, and he talks a lot about mindfulness. And so I think that was kind of my introduction to the whole concept and um, the, the idea that this is something that I can teach to parents and kids as well. John Asaraf is just such an inspiration. And you know, yeah. Mark Waldman as well. I mean, it's really incredible what the work that they've done and, and hearing their story, following their story. Because I remember back probably over 10 years ago hearing John Asaraf talk and and his interest in the brain and how yeah. his whole story has evolved over the years is absolutely fascinating. I yeah, would, definitely. I'd love to have him on the show someday. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> that would be exciting. So I know that you've given us examples of how mindfulness has improved your life, but was there ever a time where you kind of thought, well, what is this? Is This just doesn't seem to be really totally working for me. Or, or maybe some of your students or parents, some of them questioned it. Did you ever have anything like that happen? Well, I mean, if you talk to people who have, are not familiar with it and you try to explain it, they think it's kind of woo-woo. Right. Um, and they don't understand until you explain that the brain actually needs these moments of respite in order to recharge and rejuvenate. And when you can explain it from a scientific point of view, then it begins to make a little bit more sense. You know, I live in Massachusetts. We've got a million universities and colleges here. We have a very intellectual community. It's not very woo-woo. There are a few pockets of woo-wooism here, right. but not very many. Right. So whenever you try to uh, explain a new uh, concept to people around here, you really have to base it in science. It has to be evidence-based for sure. 
Yes, and the same with our education system. Yeah. At least in Canada, for sure. We have to be able to present something that does sound scientific and proven and that kind of thing. And you're absolutely right. I think in the last 10 years, we've come really a long way with brain science and what's been discovered. Tell us what you did to incorporate mindfulness into your life in a disciplined kind of way. I mean, you've, you're a disciplined person. I know that about yeah. you, Debbie. And it's easy to learn about something, study it, and think, well, that's really interesting. That's kind of cool. But then you sort of move on, a lot of us do, to something else. But how did you actually stay on schedule and keep this in your life, Debbie? Well, what I do actually, um, I have developed a morning routine and one of the things that I do is, of course, I exercise every morning and then, um, this is going to be kind of funny, but I'll just go ahead and share it. Um, while I'm in the shower is when I do my prayers and meditations and, uh, and practice some mindfulness. And, um, you know, it's great because there are no distractions. There's no phone ringing. There's no computer binging at me. Um, and my, <laughs> there's no dog licking my arm or anything like that. It's just a really nice place to just be by myself. And so I incorporate it in my shower routine, which sounds crazy, but there it is. I love and, it. <laughs> and I just have to ask right here. Yeah. Is it one of those eight foot by eight foot shower stalls with the nozzles coming down every direction <laughs> and like one of the, the ultimate shower stall ever? No, that that would be really, really nice. No, we built this house many years ago and my husband and I were broke. So it is, and we have not updated the bathrooms at all. So it's just a basic plastic shower. Still a great place to get away from it all. It would be. I, I, that's, I think I'm going to implement that in my next house. Good idea. <laughs> but yeah, so I just, you know, the... The, the way I think about it is I just, you know, I, I say a little bit of a mantra. In my case, I use a Bible verse that I repeat a short Bible verse and I do it while I'm breathing. I breathe in, you know, breathe in through my nose. I hold for a moment and then I breathe out. And um, while I'm saying a Bible verse in my head and then um, once I do that a few times, then I just kind of stop and stand there and listen to the, the water spraying out of the faucet. And I feel it dripping down you know, down my head and I listen to the fan and I just, you know, do all the typical mindfulness techniques of really trying to pay attention to all of my senses. Excellent. Mm -hmm. Excellent. And then I also, I also attempt periodically throughout the course of the day to, to implement some mindfulness techniques too. One of the things I got from Mark Waldman is a website where he has actually these, these, the sound of a bell and you can have a kind of a deep bell and you can have a, a slightly higher pitched bell and you can set it to ring at any particular moment that you want. And um, I have been a little lax about this lately, but I need to get back into it. I find it's really helpful. You set it for, I don't know, 40 minutes or 50 minutes or whatever time period you want to work. You know, that's that Pomodoro technique too, right? Yes. And um, so then it rings after a set period of time and you just sit and you close your eyes and you breathe. And again, you pay attention to all of your senses and you be just really present in the moment. And then when you... And he let the, the way the website works is you can actually hear the sound of the bell dissipating. And so you just listen to the sound dissipating. And then when it's finally done, okay, you've got your 10 minute break. So do whatever you want and then come back and get started again. Great. I love that. And yeah. we all, whether we know it or not, we all need that kind of a break for our brain. That's yeah. for sure. Now, you know, I've worked in bullying prevention for about 10 right. years and you've worked with students so much. I'm wondering if you have a story here at Mindful Tribe. We love stories. And I'm wondering if you have a story about either a situation where someone was bullied or, or you dealt with some parents or a family or some way that mindfulness 
kind of connected and helped a bullying situation. Recall anything like that? Well, I can't say necessarily a bullying situation, although I will definitely keep an, keep an eye out for something like that. However, one of the things that I do teach all of my parents, all of my clients, is what I call the A to E technique. And it is it definitely incorporates mindfulness. Um, can I share that yes, with your audience? Absolutely, you can. Great. So um, what happens is a kid will be freaking out. <laughs> you know, they're all upset about something, and it doesn't matter if they're 5 or 15 or sometimes 25, right? And um, they'll be freaking out about something, and our mirror neurons automatically respond, and we start to freak out because our, our amygdalas feel like we're threatened, and so we go into that fight-or-flight routine, right? Well, what we want to do, actually, and I, I try to teach this to my clients and all the parents at the presentations I give, is the A to E technique. So you start out with A, which is to become aware, and you say to yourself, oh, look at me. I'm getting upset. My body feels like I, ha- you know, my hands are clenched, my teeth are clenched. Um, I must have adrenaline and cortisol flushing through my body and this is making me feel really stressed it's almost as if you this is the mindfulness part of it this is almost as if you suspend yourself from the ceiling and observe and say oh look at me i'm freaking out (laughs) or i'm about to freak out because so you're aware of your own body and then you're also aware of what is happening with your child and if you can really focus on your child and just be totally present in the moment and, and, and recognize that there's some underlying thing of, for, of which they are afraid, actually, what is it they're afraid of? Are they afraid that they're going to lose connection with you or lose connection with a friend or, you know, whatever it might be? What is their fear? If you can become aware of their fear instead of reacting out of the, um, the emotional part of your brain then you're clicking, you're, you're clicking into the, um, the thinking part of your brain. So that's the A, be aware. Then the B is to breathe, and there are all kinds of techniques that you can use for breathing. I mean, it could be just something as simple as taking three slow breaths, or it could be the four, seven, eight. You know, you breathe in for four, hold for seven, and then breathe out slowly for eight. You know, so there are all different kinds of breathing techniques that you can use to just calm yourself down, and that's what C is, it's calm. And I encourage people to kind of go to their Zen place for, for C. It's, it's be calm and um, almost like be a brick wall because your child can't continue freaking out if you are a brick wall. I mean, you just, they can't. If you, if you think about it, um, they are also, they, ha- they have mirror neurons also. And if they see a brick wall in front of them, they're, they've got to do something different. They can't continue to freak out in that in the presence of a brick wall without you in your Zen place. And they'll either burst into tears, they'll fly down the hall and slam the door, or they'll just find a way to calm themselves down. So that's C is to calm, and then C is also connect. And that jumps a little bit to E, which is empathy, where you just show empathy for the fact that they're struggling, and then D, discuss. You know, I see that you're really struggling with this. I understand this is upsetting for you. Um, and just sh- continue to show them empathy. So that's my A to E technique, and it is it is infused with mindfulness. As a teacher, I really, really appreciate that. It, it makes it sound so clear. It yeah. makes it sound so easy, and yet we all know it's not easy if a, a child or a student becomes freaked out, they're yep. so traumatized about something or yep. whatever, to be aware, breathe, calm. Calmly connect, yeah. And then E is empathy and D is disgust. So it's a little, but yeah. Right. And empathy is something that I 
always talk about when we're talking about bullying situations. Yes, well. yes. And then discuss. It's not always easy to do that, is it? And to, to no. just be a really good listener and be there and open and ready to hear what that person has to say. And hopefully we can help them bring it out so that they can discuss it. Because, of course, in bullying situations, they do the opposite. They want to very often close up and not open up and share and that can cause problems but thanks for sharing your a to e technique yeah sure absolutely fantastic debbie my next questions are the multi-mode round okay we just need short 30 to 60 second answers that's perfect here's the first one who is one person and you've already mentioned this a little bit maybe you have another person or you can repeat the person you said but i was going to say who is one person who has influenced your mindfulness practice well absolutely i'd say john asraf yeah he introduced me to all of these concepts. Yep. Number two, how has mindfulness affected your own emotions? Oh, I would say I, I am. My emotions are so much more manageable. I I am so much more calm. And I know you said thirty seconds. I want to give you a quick example. Go ahead. I was on an airplane traveling uh, a couple of months ago, and I had the same suitcase I always take. It's a carry-on. It fits above the, the seats, right in the compartment. I didn't want to, you know, I was going to be getting back to Boston late. I didn't want to have to deal with waiting for the luggage to come through. And for whatever reason, the, the uh, person at the, at the entrance to the plane said, nope, it's too big. It's too big. It's too big. You have to check it. And initially, I was angry, and I used my mindfulness techniques and I got in line because, you know, you hurry up, you wait, you get in line and, you, you know, you hang out on the gangplank again while everybody's getting in. So I got into the gangplank and I just observed the people in front of me. I looked at their hair. I looked at the floor. I looked at the ceiling. I took some deep breaths and I said, you know what? It's not the end of the world. And I calmed myself down and I had a much more enjoyable flight than if I had been stewing over the darn suitcase for the whole time. Great story, Debbie. Yeah. Great story. I love that. Tell us how breathing, and you've mentioned this a little bit in that story, is a part of your mindfulness practice. Yeah, definitely. Um, It depends on the time and and what I'm doing and everything. Sometimes if I just need a quick moment to settle down, I'll just do the three deep breaths and, you know, from the belly. And then there are other times, if I have a little more time to just sit back in my chair or whatever, I'll do the four, seven, eight or something like that. Um, So that's how I use breathing. Debbie, if you could recommend a book on mindfulness, what would it be? Well, I actually don't have a book. I've, most of my reading has been online. Um, and actually, one of the people that we interviewed for our podcast, Mighty Married Moms, is Pam Ressler. And she has a website called stressresources.com. And she um, offers programs and courses and stuff about mindfulness and resiliency and a couple of other things. And so she's a great resource for me. Well, thank you for that. Stressresources.com. Yep. Yeah. So we'll put that in our show notes. Debbie, can you share an app which helps you be more mindful? Actually, I don't use apps for this. <laughs> I know some people do. My husband has started using a meditation app, and I was, I was thinking of playing around with it. I'm not sure which one it is, but um, it's not something that I have been doing yet. Well, interesting, though. You did mention Oh, the I bell. did. On the computer, right? right. The bell. You did, which, you know, I mean, technically, maybe it's not an app, but let's call it an app anyway. Yeah, I'll, I'll give you the, the URL. It's called fungi.info slash bell. So it's F-U-N-G-I-E dot info info slash b-e-l-l perfect yep perfect what advice would you give to someone who's just thinking about applying mindfulness in their life but it's completely new to them what what advice would you give them 
Yeah, I would just say, you know, start out with short bursts, you know, don't try to sit for 30 minutes, you know, just um, just use it as an opportunity to, to gather yourself together. Maybe it's only 10 seconds in certain situations, maybe, you know, as you get more comfortable with it, you can do it for 30 seconds or a minute or something like that. And as I said, I pick a phrase to repeat while I breathe that helps me with my breathing rhythm. And um, you can keep doing that or you can let the let the phrase go. Um, and then also find a quiet spot where you won't be interrupted. Yes. <laughs> maybe it's the shower. Maybe it's someplace else. <laughs> Back to the shower. Yes, yeah, that's a yeah. great place. Debbie, it's been such a pleasure to spend this time with you today. It truly has. I'm certainly inspired by you and everything you've accomplished and what you've done with You Can Raise Great Kids. Tell us here at Mindful Tribe, how can we contact you and learn more about what you do? Yeah, thank you for the opportunity. Um, yeah, as as you mentioned, I have a uh, I'm a co-host for another podcast called Mighty Married Moms, which is found at MightyMarriedMoms.com, and we have both video and audio, so it's on iTunes and on YouTube. And um, also, my main website is YouCanRaiseGreatKids.com, and on that, I have uh, kind of a solo podcast, and um, that. All those videos are posted in my blog. I also write occasional articles on my blog. And um, if anybody would like to contact me to talk about any issues they may have with their kids or, um, you know, it could be about getting ready for college or it could be getting getting ready for kindergarten and, um, uh, you know, any stresses that you have with your kids or issues that you're concerned about. Or honestly, if, uh, you know, I'm a life coach also, so I, I, I talk to people about um, transitions in their own lives and um, sometimes it involves the relationship with their kids and sometimes it involves the relationship with their, their parenting partner or their spouse or whomever. So I'm available to speak and the contact is on my uh, website. You can raise great Perfect. And we'll put that in our show notes as well. And as a father myself, I often think of questions that I think, gee, if Debbie were just right here, I'd ask her that right now. <laughs> so thanks for offering that. That's yes, fantastic. Yeah, it's been great chatting with you and for joining us here at Mindfulness Mode. So hope the rest of your day is awesome and take care, Debbie. Thanks so much, Bruce. Great to talk. Thank you so much for joining us today on Mindfulness Mode. For insightful blog articles and show notes for every episode, check out mindfulnessmode.com. If you've enjoyed this podcast, you could help us out by clicking on the iTunes link on our website and leave a rating and review. In appreciation, I'll mention you at the top of an upcoming show. Till next time, Mindful Tribe, use what we've learned today to reach new heights of calm, focus, and happiness. Stay in the mode.